Hi, you're listening to Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. I am Paul Ford, your co-host and the co-founder of Postlight. And I'm Rich Ziotti, the other co-founder. We put our brains together and created an amazing place we take all the credit for, even <laughs> though everybody else kicks ass. Yeah, there's a, it, it's, uh, we take way too much credit. A lot of very good hardworking people who put up with us being the face of the company. Yeah, talented, very talented, hardworking people. Postlight is a place that builds the things that you use on your phone, on the web, um, all the top to bottom, full stack. We do the design and we do the product thinking and we do the uh, engineering and we do all of that. And we do it well. Yeah, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. Hit us up if you want to talk. Hello at postlight.com. All right, so that's enough marketing. Let's get to the, the grit, which is... Uh, I want to frame it, Paul. Go for it. So you're at that barbecue, and there's a handful of things you can talk about at a barbecue. The kid's birthday party really, really sheds light on this awkwardness. So it's not your best friend's barbecue. You're sort of level three or level four, and you got a small talk. The kid's birthday party, you really got a small talk. It's you, a lot of people you've never met. You, some you haven't met before. You've met their wives. This right. is my husband. This is my wife. Social connective my... tissue is the children. They're buddies. That's right. So I have a, you know, a grown man standing next to me that I have to talk to uh, or grown woman. But that's also weird. You can't just go talking to people's wives and whatnot. But you can. I don't want to cause issues here. Anyway, you're at a barbecue. Right. And you small talk. You're holding, you know, uh, a solo cup and that plate that is the food. The grease is kind of seeping through the paper. I like a styrofoam plate. <laughs> Even though it's messing up the world, a styrofoam plate just, is just you know, durability Especially of it. if it's barbecue, go for styrofoam. Yeah, God. yeah. We can, we, can, we can give an exception here. Well, we have a set of plastic washable picnic plates that we well, like Well, it's use. very responsible of you, Paul. <laughs> <clears throat> so the small talk kicks in and inevitably goes to work, right? And if you're in New York City, by the way, in Brooklyn, you're going to talk real estate. You'll get past that, and then you'll get to work. So how's work, Rich? And so we're really busy. It's uh, a lot coming at us, and we're trying to hire to sort of meet capacity, and the inevitable response comes back. All right, it's good problems to have. Yeah. Yes. And... You just, you want to take the two spare ribs in your plate and smash them into the guy's face. Well, or not even that. It's just like. It's polite. It's it, it, rather than saying, oh, that's really great. It's it's almost sort of like, I'll take it halfway there and throw out a you do half get, compliment. So Postlight is around two years old now. And we have had some real ups and downs. Uh, to say the least. We started with a big client. That client had a lot of trouble when in the Chapter 11 bankruptcy. We were in a pickle. Um, we Hopped around to a few other clients. So we've had people come and go. Yeah. We've had all the things that happen. At a young company that is trying to find its footing. That's right. Here's, a, here's an observation I would make. And we can talk about what, what's going on in a minute. But the bad times as a manager are much easier than the good times. That's an interesting observation. Because your back's against the wall and you know exactly what you need to do. Yep. You know, like, 
that's a situation with humans that I have to sit down in a room and talk about until it gets resolved. Yep. You know, I don't have enough work coming in, and therefore I need to go send emails out to everybody and just mark it like crazy. Go to the rooftop. Yeah. Scream. That's right. Get an, Have another event. Call your friends. Let them know. Yep. All that stuff. So it's a, there's four or five things that you can do when an agency has its back against the wall, and hopefully, you know, in a couple months, you can turn that around. It's clear. And we've never been in an existential moment aside from maybe the earliest days. But at the same time, like you see the problems coming, you choose a couple strategies, you go, you double down, and you hopefully weather the storm. It's worth noting, by the way, this is part and parcel of a for hire agency. Oh, yeah. You don't have the three year plan, you don't even have a two year plan. You just got to churn. You got to keep going. And you can't predict the future until you start getting accounts where the contracts for six months, eight months. Right. You just really don't know what's coming next. You don't know what's coming next. So, so just cr- get as much. It's a great in. observation. It's clear what you need to do. Yeah, there's only right. a few things. When you are growing and things are going well, the number of options increases exponentially. You have a little money in the bank, so and you want to you want to keep growing the company, but also focus on stability. Mm-hmm. All right. So do you spend a lot of money on marketing because you want to make sure that the inbound keeps working? Okay. Okay. But if you do that and it actually works, you're going to need to spend more money on recruiting so yep. you can get people in and then you have to hire them. Correct. If you hire too many people, but the inbound gets uh, not so good, then suddenly you have a bench that you have to support and you need to make more money, which means you might have to do more and more. Like, you see how this goes. Like, instead of having three or four things to do to make sure that the next three months happen okay, suddenly you're thinking a year or two out. Yeah, but I think as well as thinking a year, a year or two out, I think more, more urgently, you're just trying to keep the thing in one piece. That's right. It's busy. It's, 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 tomorrow is hard. The day after is hard. You're, you're spread thin. People are overtaxed. That's true. You've got, if things are going well, everybody's working much harder. Rather than saying, I've got a proposal to write this week, you're saying, I've got four proposals to write this week. And it means this night, tonight or this weekend. It's just, it, the pressure is dialed up because you're just, uh, your instinct is to take it all. That's uh, right. Your instinct is not to say, I'm very sorry, we're unavailable until February 2018. Your instinct is to say, wow, that's an incredible marquee name that I'd love latched on to this company. And it, it's incredibly attractive and they seem smart and they're going to be a good partner. I want it. I want it all. I want it. I mean, your instinct is to take it all. And, and you, you know what's bad too is and you find um, I like to reply to inbound. I like to send proposals and memos as soon as possible. Right. And suddenly things are so busy that I'm going to be three or four days late. I hate saying I'm sorry. Things are too busy. A client, when somebody walks in, you want to let them know that they are the focus of your of your life. Yeah. Right? You don't want to let them know that there's anything else going on except for their problem, which you're going to solve for them. Yeah. That's just an ethos I have, and it gets stretched. So let's go up one level, because mm-hmm. we're talking about the inside baseball of an agency. Right. Uh, companies that are growing fast, teams that are growing fast, where you're being forced to react a hell of a lot more. You're being forced to grow your team as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've had some bad times before, so you know what the consequences are if you screw up the decisions you're uh, making today. You're growing and the pressure's on, right? Yeah. And, and meeting the demands of growth is how you're going to be judged. We happen to meet them by taking business in or falling on our faces. So th- there is no 
There's no manager who's going to write my review. It's just, can you keep the thing in one piece? Can you not turn it into a pressure cooker? Can you hire uh, in a thoughtful way and not just bring bodies in? Right. So the, the metrics for us dealing with growth are fairly clear. In, in a company where you're getting whiplashed, I mean, that's real. You don't have the, the, the luxury of the 18-month of the goal mm-hmm. that has been... First, I'd like you to take three months and map out for me in a PowerPoint what you'd like to do and what success is for you, frame success for you, and then you're left alone. Yeah. If there's growth happening, it becomes manic, and, and the, the teams cycle through. What success is gets tossed around. This is one of the hardest things in hiring is that the pace here is very different than the pace. Somebody could be incredibly talented and work for amazing companies that do amazing work. Yep. Like Google, Facebook, Microsoft, whatever, and yep. you – you are used to dealing with millions and millions of people and you come here and you're like, well, obviously I'm a, I'm a big deal. I know how to do things. Yep. This happens a lot. And when we talk to them about the pace, it's pretty, it usually becomes pretty clear really quickly that they're going to be unhappy here. Like they see it. It's not just us going like, go away. Oh, we've, we've hired the person that is more comfortable with still waters, like just a more sort of settled, corporate environment where there isn't that level of urgency because they've been around 80 years and 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 the demands are still there to perform but it's definitely not we're a young company well here's here's the thing the way i would frame that is that by going slowly proceeding carefully getting everything backed up presenting well the next step might involve at a big company the next step might involve building and shipping something that costs 20 million dollars that will hit 100 million people Okay, oh yeah. So so that three months is worth it, without a doubt. And and the house isn't on fire. That's right. There is that too. I mean, it's just take your three months. Like we budgeted against two years and X millions of dollars. So let's do this right, right? And for us, and frankly, any other company that has either a burn that we're going to run out of money in a year, a mm-hmm. startup, or we thought we had the market and. A big player stepped in and ate our lunch, so we got to figure something else out. And right. we have 12 months. Right. Um, or us, which is a shop that simply just doesn't have that visibility, and now we're seeing an we're seeing amazing opportunity be put in front of us right. that we want to capitalize on because that's smart. Mm-hmm. So the pressure is uh, the pressure is is just I mean to your point, it's not that easy. You could, and we talk about this, right? We could simply say this is a successful business. We don't need to grow. We're doing well. We'll uh, we'll reap the benefits. It's clear as day. Stop. Turn yeah. them away. Set up a queue and let people know that we're very sorry. This is it. Some people make that decision, and they've decided they're going to be ten people, and that's that. And and I respect it. It's a lifestyle. A lot of it's driven by personal motivations. It also works well if you have like one or one and a half pretty big clients. Sure. Who are who are pretty stable. Like long-term relationships where you're like, oh, well, you know, for the next couple of years, we're going to, yeah. we'll just be the branding shop for, yeah. you know, for and look, super take, cool. Exactly. And taking July and August off so I can go fly fishing is a big part of my life. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to be eaten alive by this, right? And I know um, I can leave Susie here to run the shop. And, you know, I like the way this is going, so I don't want to mess with it too much. I, 
I don't want to hire 11. I don't want to go to 11 or 12 or 13. I just don't want to do it. I've decided to make a lifestyle decision. Now, Paul and I are, and I'll speak for you, Paul. Oh, so you don't have it. to say any words it's for a minute. never been a problem. Uh, <laughs> Paul and I are paranoid and insecure in a strange, strange way. I'm not insecure as in like I can't speak to a room. I, I mean, I am, but I do it anyway. <laughs> right. So we can't help it. We're like, well, of course you have to take this. First off, we're New Yorkers. So there's problem one, right? Like, I just want to honk at you. You're in front of me. I'm not going full speed. I need to honk at you, right? That's right. just, it's been programmed into me. So I know well, that also, sounds look, a little I think insane, there's a New York thing to it. Management is not like stand on the table and tell everyone about a heroic vision. Management is risk management. Yes. Like you're just going like, okay, God, the economy is good right now and things are coming in the, in the door and be great if we had enough people, but then, oh my God, like, what we're going they, to war. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, what could happen? <laughs> right. Um, uh, also, I, you know, for better or worse, and it sounds corny, we're ambitious. I think, you know, it's been an incredible ride and to see where we are after two years is incredibly satisfying and it's just, you're proud of it. You're proud of where it's gone and then what do you do with that? You know, right. I don't even register it as pride. Here's what, after two years having a good functioning organization with relatively low drama and a very good team, I find myself just going like, how do I preserve that? How do I keep drama out? And like, it's, I don't even want to take credit for it. I just want to make sure that it sustains and sustains and I can see the risks clearly and address yeah. them. Um, so, you know, the, the, the key thing that really, we haven't talked about it all, that really limits and gates growth but is also key to long-term uh, growth is the quality of the team right so we are very 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 slow and careful about hiring um yes and it can uh, be the bar is high the bar is and i mean people say this but it's it's high like i've seen it it's high and it's helping our reputation and so on but it means that we can't react quickly no it's we gotta yeah you know, we you had can't. somebody come in and say, can you get me 20 people tomorrow, essentially? And if we were a different kind of shop, God, that would have been great because we could have made a lot of money just really bodies. fast. Yeah, just yeah. bodies. But the reality is, and we looked at it. We we're like, well, you know, what if we did this and what if we did that? But at most we could send in any one direction was five people. Yeah. And that's it was just it was just which is, again, it's amazing to even have that those kinds of opportunities put in front of you. But we realized what we could and couldn't do. And we realized we didn't want to change who we were to try to do it. I think that's the bigger... Because you could go recruit 20 engineers if they weren't that good and, yeah. or accelerate your hiring process. Those, right. So those are things, too, that really factor in because you've got opportunities for growth, but you can't get the humans that can keep the quality up yeah. to meet all of those opportunities. So there's a lot of give and take. So I'm wary about... I'm wary of the fact that we're talking a lot about ourselves, hmm. first of all. I'm also wary of the fact that we're talking about a lot about the agency challenge. Mm. Um, and I want to zoom out of it now. So you you know who zooms out of it? Those shitty airport books like Managing oh, Success. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Building yeah. for Alpha. Yeah. Riding the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for space. Yeah, exactly. And and they're, in, and they're at Hudson News mm, right yeah. next to like those those smaller travel size uh, travel size gas X. <laughs> where are you? Where are you flying? You're flying to like Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's a bad scene. No, right? because Brigham Young University wants to like you know lease your your digital product, right? And you're so, like, oh, that book looks about 211 pages. Right. That's probably pretty good for you know right JFK to 
to Salt, Salt Lake, Lake. City. So uh, a little insight into how we prepare for this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Before this podcast, we said, let's talk about growth. And one of the problems with growth is you don't have time to prepare for your freaking podcast. <laughs> exactly. So what I, I, I want to at least want to do, and this is going to require a little bit of improvisation, Paul. That's fine. Uh, I'm going to say yes to everything then. Uh, we have to give people uh, some tips for managing growth. It's true. Like, we can't sit here and complain about our company. That's Let's insanity. talk about the five tips for managing growth. Okay. First of all, I think that the number one thing to extrapolate is you can't have all the growth that you see in front of you. Great point. Okay. So you, you want to wrap your arms around all of it because it's opportunity and, you know, and let's boil it down. It's, it's, it's money mm-hmm. a lot of the time is what, you know, you quantify it. You can't help it as success. Um, that's a great point. You can't have it all. I think that that is a real leadership challenge. Leadership is saying we're not going to slip our yep. standards. We're going to make less money in the short term yep. because if we lower our standards, we will lower the value of the brand and the quality that people perceive. And we will. There, and this, I think, applies to widgets and apps and companies and agencies yep. the same. If the standard slips and the overall brand quality lowers the business will suffer in the long term. Therefore, it is best not to pursue this easy, cheap, short-term growth um, unless you are in a fight for survival. Then you do anything. I think you dovetailed into point two. So let's let's boil down point one in a sense. You can't have it all. And it's okay to say no. And it's okay. That's point one. It's okay to say no. Point two, and I think you said it and you stole it from me, and that's like the only one I've got. Great. So you think about the next one while I say this one. Hurry. Uh, You made great decisions to get to where you were. You raised the bar. You were um, selective. You were just thoughtful about decisions you made. When you're growing, you're getting stretched. You're getting stretched, and the demands are shifting on you. Don't drift away from the approach and philosophy that got you here because you got here because of a way of working and if you're thinking okay we're growing i need to just go i need to turn it into you know rather than thinking it's going to be thinking express Mm -hmm. and you're going to make decisions more quickly and you're going to lower the bar because you want to keep going right and don't do it you will continue to grow just don't do it so point one it's okay to say no point two don't compromise what got you here Okay, point three, I think, is full credit to the team, sort of corollary to point two. Like, it's great that we have gotten this, we co-founded this company and made an opportunity for it to grow to this point. Yeah. But it's not only that we didn't do it alone, it's that the alchemy of the place, the thing that's kind of hard to articulate, is all of the interactions of the people here. Yeah, and And I think related to the pressure that's around you, um, is, you know, take care of your team. That's right. Uh, well, and also communicate to them some of this. The growth is hard. We've been talking about that with people. Acknowledge it. Yeah, that's that right. this is challenging and we, we you're working harder and so are we. And yep. uh, it'll just take a minute. And also that we are looking for ways to take pressure off. Mm-hmm. We had conversations a couple of days ago and one of the, uh, one of the managers in, in the company uh, turned to me and said, you know, it's really cool to hear that you guys went through stuff and you were vulnerable in a few different ways at a few different times mm-hmm. um, because they don't know. They just see us coming in and we frame it. We absorb a lot of the pressure and chaos because that's our job in a, in a way, right? Yeah. 
you can't call an all group meeting. It's like you can't, you won't believe what happened yesterday. It's just a disaster. You just part of your job is to be thoughtful about how you communicate so people can do their jobs. So uh, pay attention to what's going on around you because it's not all high fives. No, and, and it's I th- pressure. Like I've gotten a clear signal a couple times, and I'm, I'm starting to really pay attention to it. I make lots of little ironic statements like, "Oh, isn't this great?" And, yeah. Know, and irony doesn't scale out to the organization. Irony no. is like everyone who knows me knows that that's actually a sign of me like sort of being committed and cheerful. And, yeah. But and that's how I express happiness is by saying crabby, sour things. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know me that well, which is increasingly the case in a growing organization, because who yeah. has time? Right. Um, and we're not the sort of people who send out the like Paul enriches ten methods of success emails, right? right? Like you don't. People don't have a, the clearest possible model. They might see that as me being disgruntled or unhappy, and mm-hmm. so like I'm, I'm, pick, point. I'm picking up on that, that that our actions have particular amounts of effect at moments like this. You know, the fourth one for me is so uh, summarize three, three. What was three? Your three was your pay one. attention and take care of your team. Yeah, that's right. Pay attention. That was it. And um, four, I think, is gently look for ways that process can help. Look for things that are have a lot of friction. Um, there might need to be more meetings at this point. We usually yeah. try to avoid meetings whenever possible. Let's dive into process, what you mean, because process is often framed negatively. Sure, Ex- um, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, you you, you kind of hacked it. All. You got here because you, you, we rolled up our sleeves. We kind of take pride in our sort of blue-collar approach to all this. Right. And it's like, oh, this is coming my way. I got this one. You take that one. Let's. I'll meet you in an hour. And it's a, you know, it's kind of badass that you can, almost like, it's, you know that, uh, I don't know if it's a cartoon or whatever where there's like n- many knives coming at the person and they're able to, de- oh, like ninja, like a ninja, the way they can deflect fifty things coming at right. them, and you feel like a badass. That doesn't scale. Uh, you're gonna get to a point where it being boiled down to hey, uh, we got to wait for Dave on this one, mm-hmm. is uh, going to start to trip you up. Uh, eventually, you'll be overwhelmed by the knives. Yeah, you and have sometimes to. you need a, a process. You need templates. This you is need... Templates is a great example. Our sales process, we I, have. I mean templates abstractly as well as what you're about but to But actually describe. just practical templates. Like our sales process, you know, we're kind of, we were composing proposals all yeah. the time. And Increasingly, I'm starting to write up individual descriptions of all the deliverables that we have. You know, we will get you this and we'll get you that so that I can just reuse them. I don't need to describe what wireframes are. I don't need to describe what a, what a you know, interactive prototype is. Yeah. Every single client is different and I need to adapt it. But just being able to cut and paste that starter and instead of having to sit there and what it actually does more than... I'm not so worried about it being cut and paste and boilerplate because I'm going to tweak and adapt every proposal. I've seen you do the same. Like You, you definitely yeah. have a sense of it being a conversation. What it does is it cuts out um, an avenue to procrastination. You're, you're like, yeah. okay, well, look, I know how long this is going to take me. It's no big deal. I don't have to invent it from whole cloth. I know that I've succeeded using this approach before, so I think I'll apply it again and adapt it for this situation. Right. As opposed to like, I'm going to hit a button and get a proposal. That's complete. That will never happen. Yeah. But just having some, some, raw, start. Ma- some raw material to work with so that you don't sit there yeah. and be like, oh, I'll do this tonight after right. the kids get to bed. Yeah. I need like two hours to just think yeah. about it. I don't need those two hours anymore. Yeah. Sum it, da- sum it up. Boil it down. So gently, process gently applied. Yeah. Repeatable, to- you know, and reusable tools 
repeatable processes. Sometimes help. like a 20-minute tw- weekly meeting. This is when you need the meetings. You should, yeah. f- you check should in. fight them, but the check-ins are really good. 11, you know, 28 things are swirling around. I Let's think, put them in a list and talk through them. I think I have the fifth, and I might, this might be the last one, I think, and I think you'll agree. It is stop trying to scale yourself. Assume that other people can do the work and get yeah. out of their way. That's a good tip. Just, a good, start relying on others. Yep. You think you're the secret sauce. Um, if you're really, truly someone that can drive and harness growth you understand that you can't be the person Mm -hmm. find good people you can trust sometimes make bets on people they came in with skills a b and c and you need to try d e and f on them and and yeah your gut is telling you they can do it and they'd love the opportunity give them a shot and uh see you gotta let them risk here's one of the things i love about a period in which we're growing because it, it won't always be like this. Right now, we're just seeing a ton of inbound work, and, and it'll quiet down in the future. You know, like it, it comes and goes. But right now, boy, things are hot. You can afford to take a risk on someone, and if it doesn't work out, that you know, if the proposal wasn't quite right or something was off, or you had to step in and patch it up, you can afford to take that risk because if you don't nail that one piece of work, there's going to be another one in the queue. And they learned a lot. And but. By giving them opportunity to learn from the growth, if things calm down or quiet, you now have somebody else who can help you find right. more growth. Yeah. Right. So, you know, when we joke around, I, this is like classic management wisdom, but deep down you do this because you think you have that sort of sense of it being special and how it should be done. Yeah. We co-founded this company because we're a little bit arrogant and we're pretty sure that we have a better way. Yeah. And God, you know, thanks to the universe, we've been validated, which should actually instead of sending us into a flight of narcissistic frenzy, which I think it does a lot of the time. It's humbled us. And it, it actually is us. very humbling because yeah. you need that. You need to scale it. You need the, you need people working with you and for you. And yeah. sometimes they're going to disagree with you and it's, it's stressful. So empowering the hell out of them and knowing that they're not going to do it as well as you would after 20 years, but knowing that there's more work in the pipeline, so there's some there's room now to make some mistakes. You don't have to get it all exactly right is huge. So I think that what's the what's the way to sum that one up? Delegate and trust. Uh, rely on others. That's I mean, you think you're the secret sauce. You you are. Don't sell yourself short if you help make it happen. Uh you could be and again, we keep talking about ourselves, but you could be, you know, level three vice president of blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, if you're seeing gro- you know, pressure from growth, you're, it's not going to scale. Your team needs to go from 11 to 35. Yeah. You're not going to have 35 people reporting to you. Let's be realistic. And so. we lecture everyone on asking for help, but it's, it's on us too. Oh, people don't ask for help. I, I don't like to ask for help. Why would the co-founder of a company ever need help? Yeah. I should be able to do everything. I want to end it with a final point. Hmm. You know, one of the things you show off when you start a company, a little company, like 15 people or whatever it is, which is not that little. It's all relative. But it is little in the, the world of yeah, corporate compared to like companies. Yeah. Infosys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You love to say, oh, yeah, we're flat. We don't have any executives. We're a flat organization. We're just buddies <laughs> working together. There is a red line, and it's between 20 and 25. And if you think you can get by – Without starting to think about an organizational structure, uh, you're kidding yourself. Uh, it's I've done it a couple of times, and I've seen it. And uh, I've talked to other entrepreneurs who uh, also agree. 
it's a funny, weird red line uh, where you need to start thinking more formally about structure, about the operational uh, pieces of the machine. Uh, it's real. So uh, don't well, fool also, yourself. People want paths. They want to know how they're going to like make progress, what success looks like, how do you make more money, how do you get a better job title. This and could I, be point six, by the way, mm-hmm. which is this is your baby, right? You're, you're running the thing or you're running the group and whatever. But there are amongst 30 people, 30 aspirations, right? 30 considerations. Some want to be next to you. They want to help you run the company. Some just want to level up. They want to continue to hone their craft. Some want to manage others because they love the idea of empowering others. Some want to be left alone with their headphones on. Some want to go give conference talks and build themselves up as as, a, as, as a, leaders. As a leader, as a thought There's leader. External facing leaders, internal facing leaders. There's right. all these different paths. That's right. And then go deeper into the personal ambitions. People want to buy houses. People want to have kids. People want to... Travel. Uh, travel. They want to quit. They, yeah. w- they have it planned out. They have X dollars going in the bank. And then in 14 months, they will e- be able to go hiking for a year. That's right. You know, it's really complicated. This is all very complicated, too, because when you're in our position as the co-founders, our world is entirely arbitrary. There is no real, like, we have we made up the company. We yeah. defined what the rules are, and we defined what success would look like. But that doesn't apply to us because we get to do the defining. We try to make it apply. Like, our vacations are tracked in the same vacation system. We actually, we follow the rules of the company yeah, pretty closely. But we we have internalized the company. Yeah. There is no plan to go hiking. No. There is no, uh, you know, I, I'm going to find a studio and become a painter. No, we are uh, the... Let's face yeah. it. This yeah, is yeah. it. This, this is, is it. it. Like, you don't need to ask me, hey, Rich, what really dominates your life? Like, I have children and I have a beautiful family, but... In terms of waking up and thinking about my problems, I think about this place, right? And most people don't. No, they think about their role in the place. And I think if it's And their are, role in their lives and yeah. what makes them happy. And right? how can I I mean, I think in general we have a very positive staff that wants to help the overall yeah. organization succeed. Yeah. But the way they do that is by doing well in their role. For That's right. us, our role is completely undef it is reactive to how the business is doing. That's right. That's right. I, I've had I've had I've had someone sit me down talented designer and he said I, I'm leaving Rich and you know it punches you in the gut because you're like shit what did I do wrong here you know and how can I fix this and they say uh, I'm going to Wyoming yeah. for six months now I can't compete with Wyoming I could send him screensavers no. I can send him really cool uh, aside from putting on a saddle and letting them ride you around the office <laughs> there's not a lot you can do <laughs> I can't compete with that and that is personal that's deeply personal what's mm-hmm. going on there um, that's the Paul, thing I mean, people might just be like that person is probably exhausted and, and doesn't want to be at their job anymore and they really want to be in Wyoming and it's got nothing right? to do with you or like, it has or it has some stuff to do with you it's and that's okay. just life it's okay it's right? okay uh, Paul the amount of wisdom that gushed out of us on this podcast is immeasurable this is dude this is fr- you know how many how much money people pay for like the seminar at the Marriott in New Jersey much less than they pay for really good internet services which is why we're doing this business <laughs> um, growth uh, rarely is it sort of the one insane mastermind uh, that's helping something that's put really putting the fuel behind something oftentimes uh, it's complementary and that's key if you can find that and that could be amongst 
between two people or three. It doesn't really scale. It's not going to be seven. Too many uh, partners is, is yeah, tough. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, look for that. It's true. I, th- I think, you know, you and I working together, one of the number one things we do, which it, obviously this isn't a public conversation that we have a lot, but we're very clear about what our own weaknesses are and we're very free to call each other on them. Yeah, I love calling you out. And same it's and vice versa. One of the joys in my life. It's very funny to me because you're a very like kind of alpha drive hard kind of guy. And when I listen to conversations or, or sort of play them back in my head, I yell at you constantly. I would just assume that you're sort of driving over everything, but I'm constantly yelling at you and telling you this, not this. Yeah, or calm down. Or calm down, and vice versa. You're telling me, come on, over here, level up. Let's do it, let's do it. Let's close it out with a fun story, Paul. It's not even, we we don't even have to get into details. I'm pinging you on Slack on a Saturday. We do a really good job, by the way, of not talking. Leave each other mostly alone. Leave each other mostly alone. Goofy links, like. Every so often, I'll ping Paul, and it starts with, can you believe this shit? (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. And I'll ramble on in Slack. I don't hear from Paul. It's a delayed response, and it comes in, and it's, how's your Saturday going, Rich? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then I wanted him to kind of feed the beast for a minute, but and I just paused and said, well, I should probably close my laptop Mm. and go outside. Yeah, the most you'll get out of me on a weekend is, yeah, it might be a problem. We we should talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on that note, I, we hope you found this useful. Good problem to have. Good problem to have, as they say so, at the barbecue. You know, the, the last and ultimate rule, the secret rule about all of it, nothing lasts forever. Oh, Paul. That's right. No. You can't end it on that. Sometimes if you do all this, just follow our five tips and it'll last forever. It'll last forever? (laughs) It'll last forever. I feel much better now. See? There you go. All right. Well, let's tell the people that this was Track Changes, the podcast of Postlate, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. I'm Paul Ford, your co-host and co-founder. And I'm Rich Ciotti. Quick disclaimer here. I know we sound like we're underwater and very busy, but we'd love to hear from you. We're, you know, we're talking to everybody. Oh, no, it's, we've it's created really effective processes to manage inbound and help people shape their digital product yeah. strategies. So. And reach out to us uh, and we'll talk. Yeah. Uh, hello at postlight.com. Five stars on uh, iTunes if you're feeling like it, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye. <laughs>